the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'll tell you, we've got an important show. An important show, if I tell you, I'll tell you right now what you need to know. One little phrase... Stop the steal. Stop the steal. Stop the theft of the election, the destruction of America. We'll talk about that uh, in a few moments. And later on, we will have uh, David Horowitz on. David Horowitz, he'll give us his breakdown. He's got to be beside himself in a way. It'll be interesting to see what he says because... Um, he doesn't believe no matter what happens, you win an election or not, you keep have to, having to fight. It's not a, the elections are not the beginning or the end of the fight. So we'll see what he says. David Horowitz, the great David Horowitz, author of Blitz, Trump will smash the left and win. And then we'll talk with Hans von Spakovsky. We'll ask Hans von Spakovsky uh, what the status is on uh, the election, uh, the fraud stuff and all that's happening and see exactly what uh, he thinks on how we can fix things and what we can do. And um, we'll talk with Hans. That'll be important. All right. But First, what you need to know, what you need to know is stop the steal. Now, the Tea Party, if you were there, if you were there, you remember that uh, the Tea Party began and it was thoroughly organic. And there was no real uh, prominent single leader. There were lots of people that started and kind of uh, uh, kind of emerged. And so, you know, you, you back then, as it went forward, it, um, it it didn't so much as it splintered. It kind of grew and shifted and, and, and made different ways. And lots of famous people ended up running for office. I think that was might have been the cycle where Mike Pompeo ran for office and people became uh, media stars and they kind of merged into different things so but there wasn't one leader and right now what you're seeing is the grassroots has coalesced around a leader the president and in this case coalesced around the notion that well we won the election the president won this election and now it's being stolen and the question around that now is where's the rest of the so-called republican conservative party in terms of, of of fighting and and making sure that we protect what's happened. Now, the thing is, what's, first of all, how you need to think about this, and we'll talk in a few moments with Hans von Spakowski, say, well, what's happened in this election? Well, on Tuesday, at the end of the day, at the end of the night, President Trump won. It was pretty clear he won. And then they stopped counting the votes in cities like Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, and a few others, and said, we'll get back to you. And then one after another in states where they had dramatically changed how they did their elections— their own choice, mail-in ballots mostly, but other things about counting ballots, they started discovering lots of votes only in one direction for Biden. There were not discoveries of uh, ballots that helped Trump. It was in one direction over and over again. Now, I'll put aside for one moment, and we'll come back to it. What you need to know right now, I'll put, but the question of the media's role in this, what you need to know right now is that sim very simply... The the uh, the the um, power.
powers that be that had likely planned for this occasion put into play their best way to grab votes and grab places and slow down what they did. And if you think that's not real, you just don't know human nature. I'm not saying it happens every time, by the way. It's not every time that you lose a race, you say, oh, there was fraud and they stole it. But it is simply true that you have uh, a systematic, in this case, multiple states where they stopped counting, stopped the uh, process, in some cases, you know, uh, dismissed the uh, watchers, then kept working. I think that happened in Georgia. And it's it's incredibly unfair. It's incredibly suspicious. It's, it looks and feels like fraud. Now, I can't say I know it's fraud yet, but it certainly looks like that. And here's what you need to know. We have to do everything we can to fight back against this, to fight against the problem, against the, 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 uh, the theft of this election, because it's not right. And also, it's too important, because if the left does this. And let me be clear, it's not just um, it's not just the, um, the the Democrats, it's the left and the far left. You know, some of them are Democrats, some of them are socialists, some of them are not party, some of them are Antifa. But they have if they get away with this, that's the end of it. You, you won't have another election. You'll do it this way every time. And they've basically taken what was, I suspect, a real problem, but not systemic, not large scale and made it into a large scale problem. And in, another aspect of that is this. The media for three months beat into our heads that Trump was losing and that certain groups were leaving him and certain groups were not with him and certain groups were mad at him and certain issues with this and certain things that all of it was either a lie or it was incompetence. And I don't think it was incompetence. But as soon as the election happened, the media did the same thing they were doing then. They went to bat to try to set the narrative for the fact that Biden was winning and Biden is this, including right now. Right now, as I was looking, well, I guess the last time I looked, a little while ago, the map that they were holding up includes Arizona and Wisconsin, neither which have been declared and can be declared. Arizona is, is totally probably is Trump's, but it's been declared for Biden. And Wisconsin is actually within such a close ma- margin. They're saying it's a recount. And they're claiming that Biden is like within five or 10 electoral college votes of the of the presidency. And they're doing that to get the public to be thinking, oh, wow, I guess this is over. Oh, wow. I guess this direction. And back to this. This is what I want to finish. I want to come come around to this. What you need to know is that the media is working with the left to destroy Trump and to take this republic, the American republic, down a notch. Now, I'm not sort of, I don't want to be too hysterical and say that they're destroying the country, but they're on that path. That path is the direction we're on, where elections don't matter, uh, the we the people don't matter, the people with power matter, and that's all that's going to go on. And, you know, there's lots of reasons I want Biden to lose. One, because this is the second coup attempt, and the first one was the Russia hoaxers, and they, they'd get away with it. It looks like they might get away with it. And above until now, they're getting away with it. But what you need to know, and this is what I did today, by the way, I went over to the Republican National uh, Committee. Their offices are over across town from me in D.C. We had a rally, last minute rally, had about 75 people show up, about 50 members of the press. Everybody's there. And here's what we said. The simple fact is this. The Republican Party members, the elected officials, congressmen, senators, governors, all of them, especially the national guys and gals. They have two things that Donald Trump did for them. One, he raised them hundreds of millions of dollars so that they could compete and run their races. Two, he did three things. Two, he was a leader and got them to do really good things for the country. 
They got credit for that. And three, he was massive coattails. It looks like the Republicans are winning, almost going to take the House. Senators, Senate held for the Republicans. The, the polls said they would all lose, and the polls were, again, either incompetent or dishonest. I tend to think they weren't incompetent. So, but that was Trump's energy, Trump's coattails that carried them. The men and women in the Congress, both in the House and Senate, that are Republicans, they owe it to we the people to stand up now and stop the steal. To be the ones that stand up and say, hey, you can't do this. You have to just stand, you have to get out there and you have to fight. You have to get out there and you have to commit to the reality of, of this battle. Because this battle... The, the fact is, this battle is for the future of the country. And, and again, it's not so much that the policies of the Biden administration would be bad. They would. It's that we'll lose the republic. If this becomes the way an election goes, you're stealing the elections from the people. And when people say, oh, you don't really know if there's fraud in certain places, it's very clear now. There's voter registrations that don't match in Milwaukee. There's ballots that aren't in the right place in Philadelphia. There's all kinds of chaos. And and again, when you run an election, you have to set up a system, run it well, and make the call. You can't set up a system, adjust it, not do it well, not manage it well, and then continue to not make the call or make different calls. It is done very, very intentionally, in my estimation, to do damage to try to grab the presidency. And it's almost working. So again, I encourage you, if you haven't gone to uh, Stop the Steal, they shut down the Facebook page, by the way, Stop the Steal. If you go on Twitter, hashtag Stop the Steal, uh, you can go follow uh, at Eagle Ed Martin. There's lots of action there. And you can also um, go to StopTheSteal.us, StopTheSteal.us, and you can uh, uh, check it out there. It's a worthwhile site, and that's the key phrase. The key phrase is to not give up, to not stop fighting, to understand what's at stake, and to just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And uh, we've got to do it. It's going to be a big few weeks, and uh, we the people are going to rise up. One last thing that you need to know. I mentioned the Tea Party at the beginning of this uh, wink. What's happening, this organic uprising, it's the new Republican Party. It's the new conservative Republican Party, the new Republican Party movement. It's rising up. Everywhere, everywhere someone goes and says, let's meet, it's jam-packed. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, today, uh, earlier today, uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, I think it was, Cernovich was there, Aravan in D.C. People are on the move. They want their country back, and they're willing to fight for it. So that's what you got to do. Stop the steal. All right, that's what you need to know. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. There's nobody better than my next guest to ask exactly what the heck is going on and what happens next. David Horowitz is the best-selling author of Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win frontpagemag.com of course is one of his uh, many ways you get out his material he's the founder of the david horowitz freedom center david horowitz welcome to the program how are you i'm pretty good well this was entirely predictable the democrat party is a, it's a mafia organization stuffing ballot boxes uh, conducting elections fraud is in their genes i mean let's not forget um and Sam John Kiner, the head of the Chicago mob, stuffed the ballot boxes in Cook County to give John F. Kennedy the election in 1960. And uh, Nixon didn't protest um, at right. the time, but uh, that's what happened. Uh, the Democrats have 
you know, one of their crusades is to prevent voter ID and any uh, reforms that would uh, strengthen the integrity of our elections. And then this whole mail fraud, when you send out 10 million um, ballots, which we're not going to have signatures on them, to registered voters... Uh, you open a Pandora's box of fraud possibilities. First of all, people who moved. Second of all, people who died. Third of all, old folks. And I have to say, mentally handicapped folks who live in, uh, in homes, they just go by mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, take truckloads of these ballots and then fill them in. And I know this personally. I had a family member who had a a swimming accident when he was a kid and had a mentality of a four-year-old. But he announced he had voted for Obama. Right. (laughs) And we all, we asked him, why did you vote for Obama? Because the home he was in, which had a lot of retarded people in it, um, they told them all that they got their meals and their home thanks to Obama. And then they put them in, uh, you know, carloads of them, took them to the polling places. And of course, this is in California, so you can imagine anyway, the people binding the poll allowed the keepers to go into the booth, the voting booths with them, because they said they were handicapped people when they actually were, well, I guess the politically correct term is mentally challenged. So you have to, you know, Think of all the people who have to think that election fraud is okay to do that. And these are ordinary people, but they're Democrats. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so we, we, it, it was foreseen. I guess it, Trump people couldn't do anything about it. It's too bad. Well, it, w- w- so whether, they, whether they did or didn't. Yeah. People have to understand. Look, the Democrats... I think they spent a billion six just on Biden, but they must have spent another half billion on congressional races. They're, right. they, they are a mafia. They're, you know, they, they actually they work like the communists. I mean, they are very vindictive. So to punish Lindsey Graham for standing up when they were crucifying uh, Kavanaugh on the basis of that liar, Christine Blasey Ford, her tester, her, obviously false, false testimony because he stood up for her. They raised a hundred million dollars to beat him and failed. Susan Collins, who obviously is, is not as strong a conservative as I am or you are. Um, right. but she, I thought she was heroic in the Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, yep, at the yep. end, she made a very <clears throat> eloquent defense, defense of voting to confirm him. So, so to punish her, they raised another hundred million dollars and lost. And then, because Mitch McConnell is a match for Nancy Pelosi, they raised a hundred million dollars to defeat him and failed. And they're going to lose like twenty seats in the House. They didn't take the Senate. And yeah. Trump, you know, has gotten and his his ballots, you know, are legitimate. He's got the support right now of about 69 million Americans, which is 10 million more than Obama got. So the 
the patriotic movement is here to stay. The patriotic movement can't be looked on anymore as a you know a fringe group of yahoos supporting Trump. This is a you know this is half the country and it's America. And uh, if they steal this election from Trump, as well, looks really possible, unfortunately, he's going to lead us over the next four years. I mean, he won't be able to do as much good as he could from the White House. Right. But he will be right. mobilizing and organizing <clears throat> conservative America. And the thing that, you know, I, I probably can appreciate this more than most people, because when I came into the right 30 or 40 years ago, I mean, the first thing I looked around and said, where's the ground army? Um, of course, Phyllis Schlafly had a ground army, but where, right. where was it among the Republican Party? And, um, you know, I guess Operation Rescue was kind of a little army, but it was nothing like the left had. The left, you know, they, when they held demonstrations, there were hundreds of thousands, and now, you know, they even have millions. And Trump has organized the ground army for the first time in my lifetime. And, and Trump has adopted the appropriate language. You know, when they commit fraud, you call it fraud. Um, he, he, he is, you know, he, he's a leader who, uh, in the phrase of the 60s, tells it like it is. Most conservatives and Republicans try to avoid harsh words and, and avoid, um, you know, they skirt the horrific issues. You have the yeah. Democrats call Republicans racists, xenophobes, you know, white supremacists, <clears throat> bigots, and, and our uh, Republican legislators say, oh, they're just playing politics. I think I said this before on this show. That's not yeah. playing. That's not playing. That's war. Right. That's trying to kill you. And so you got to strike back. They're the racists, and people should be pointing it out. They're gangsters. Where we... We're talking with David Horowitz. David, I want to ask you, you know, I've been helping in the last couple of days. It's a growing. It looks bigger than the Tea Party to me or different. As you say, it's organized around a leader now, not a not a bunch of ideas. And the phrase I've been using, a lot of us using stop the steal, you know, and here's the thing I want to ask you about. It's a time where if you're a Republican elected official and you won't get out and recognize what the moment is, I think you, I think you have to uh, you know write those people off. In other words, at this point, Donald Trump's four years gave more opportunity for Republicans. He raised hundreds of millions of dollars under his name for Republicans. He then had his coattails that carried a bunch of them into office, and and I, I don't see any you know any notable uh, uh, volume of Republican elected officials leading the fight. To stop well, the steal. I think you have to. I think you have to call them out. Look, the Republican Party is a party in transition, and it will mm -hmm. it will change over time. There'll get be new blood, but yeah, look at all the Republicans who are you know shaking their fingers at Trump for saying this is a fraud, fraudulent election and they're stealing it by fraud when all the votes that put Biden over the top were delivered in the middle of the night. After right. uh, the, the election was done. So, you know, it's like they're trying to be polite. Don't be polite. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You never get me. I mean, uh, you have Juan Williams, obviously, on the other side. But still, talking about Biden's grace. Biden, you know, in addition to being a political whore and a dementia case, is a thug. I mean, you know, he accused Trump of killing all the coronavirus patients. How low is that? You can't get lower than that, I don't think. Um, So, but we have to be, I think we should be patient somewhat, but we should call out those Republicans. Right now, where where is the congressional leadership? Why aren't they saying things? Well, and I was, David, yeah. I was over at the RNC building today in D.C. I had a, a rally about probably about 85 uh, patriots showed up and 50 press. And I looked at the cameras and I said, you know, behind me is a building where the, the men and women that go to the RNC and the NRCC, they made money and got votes off of Donald Trump. And now they're silent. And the idea that they're going to be silent. And here's another thing, David. If somebody thinks they're going to run for president in 2024, who's not out in the streets fighting right now, forget about it. I mean, just forget the, the, the base of this party, Republican Party is yeah, not going to forget. Is, who, who, correct. The party has changed. You are the voice of the change here. That that is that is yeah. right. Um, you know, the nor- until Trump came along, it was the norm. Nobody. What Republican called the Democrat a racist? When you know they control all these inner cities, they're always attacking white people. There no, you know, everybody's afraid to defend white people. Why? We've uh, got to start talking reality and not and matching them in in our toughness. I mean, they say that uh, I was just let me you know this is an attack on democracy. That's the Democrat line. No one is in it. It's right. a defense of democracy against the Democrat Party, which is an anti-democracy party. You just have to be as tough as they are. It's really, it's really not that difficult. People just take a page from their playbook. Don't become like them, but take a page from their playbook. All right, David Horowitz, I got to go. David Horowitz, the best-selling author of Blitz, Trump will smash the left and win, and uh, dozens of other books. Thanks, David, for your time. Appreciate it. All right. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we got a lot more to cover. If you heard David Horowitz, he said you got to fight back. You got to fight back. Everybody's got to understand if you want to be nice, the time for being nice is about 20 years ago, and it's time to uh, understand that they're trying to steal the election, steal the country, and we got to fight back. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here with uh, our friend Hans von Spakovsky over at the he's at the Heritage Foundation. He has himself been uh, involved in elections uh, for many years. Constitutional attorney served on the FEC, also Federal Election Commission, although that has less to do with running elections than it does in monitoring some of the uh, the sort of uh, transactions within it and, and what happens. But so first of all, welcome, Hans, to the program. And you must be almost reeling from the number of issues and questions and things that are going on these days. Yeah, I've never quite seen as chaotic uh, an election and problems in multiple states as we've seen this one. I mean, everybody talks about the 2,000 
election, but there uh, the the problems were in just one state, and here we have multiple states with potential issues. Yeah, it is extraordinary. First, Hans, can I ask you, because uh, in your role as a policymaker in elections, the FEC, and then as a a professor type, you know, you write about a lot of things. But when you sat there and watched the election and the coverage, you know, it's almost like we keep we keep almost doing worse in how we can function than you'd ever expect in terms of confusing and calling states and uh, and how it's perceived. I, I mean, it just feels like the election. Election night coverage and the election night, the role of that, it just was um, it was really terrible. Yeah, it, it was. And in particular, it's amazing how bad the polling has gotten. Look, four years ago, all the pollsters got the election wrong. And and the chief reason for that was that they constantly oversampled Democrats in right. their polling. You would have thought from there from that they would have learned that lesson, but Apparently they didn't because they clearly did it again in the in the latest uh, polling for this election. Yeah, it is. All right. So now where are we, Hans? You know, when people say to me that there's lots of how are the how exactly is there going to be challenges? I try to pull back and say it simply, you know, there'll be legal challenges. Does this count? Does it comport with the law? There'll be broader challenges. They may still be in courts, but it's not like does this set a balance count? It'll be more like was this done in a way that was unfair to one group or the other, you know, but when you come down to it, Hans, how's you can comment on any of those aspects of it, but how does it work when you have three or four states that are on the fly the rules seem to be either changing or in flux and the rest of the country's looking up going are these people really going to decide based on sort of looks like whim and all the effort that we went through to vote in our state is going to sort of feel like uh, less valuable i mean it really is is sort of tearing the system a bit well look i i agree with that and you know what what has caused kind of chaos and confusion uh, we're seeing is basically two things. One, it was by the push by uh, Democrats and their allies in the progressive movement to change the rules governing elections using the courts to do it. And in particular, changing the rules governing um, absentee ballots. Uh, That is the real problem because we have states, key states like North Carolina and Pennsylvania, where, as you know, uh, uh, they're, they're still working days after the election to count it, where uh, uh, basically Democratic officials, Democratic judges, overrode state laws set by the legislature to extend uh, the deadlines for the receipt of absentee ballots until after the election and to make other changes um, that caused not only chaos and confusion, but frankly made it easier for fraud and other problems to occur. The, the other big issue we've had is uh, election officials in places like Philadelphia, Detroit, right. and elsewhere defying state law, violating state law by not allowing uh, uh, qualified poll watchers and observers for the GOP into polling places and, most importantly, into the area where they're counting absentee ballots. And that is a real problem too. 
So, um, Hans, how do you get from uh, some of these, what I would say, are local fights? <clears throat> you know, how does Philadelphia count its ballots? Is that fair to a county, you know, to a voter in Pittsburgh, to a, a federal fight? Is it is it going to be a, a state-to-state comparison that someone's going to say, you know, they're doing things so irregularly in Pennsylvania, that's damaging us? I mean, wh- wh- how do, wh- what's the sort of, what can you see, in ter- what could we see in terms of the legal fights? Well, it is a, a it is a state by state battle, and and to put right. it in stark perspective, um, look if if you can't through litigation overturn, uh, let's assume for just a second the results are bad for, for uh, Donald Trump in states like uh, Nevada and Arizona, uh, Georgia or North Carolina. Um, right. You know he needs all of those states uh, in order to win. If, uh, if you can't overturn the results through litigation in any one of those states, um, then basically, you know, he, he's done. I mean, there's not much you can do about it. Uh, if, if four states that he needs come out and they're just fine, uh, and he, but he does find problems in just one state, uh, even if he wins the legal battle, he still isn't going to have enough votes to win. So that makes this very difficult and is one of the reasons why they've and they've had to hire so many lawyers because they've got to potentially overturn the results in uh, multiple states. And uh, and so and Hans, what's the um, what's the likelihood that when people say this could end up at the Supreme Court, what are the kind U.S. Supreme Court? What are the kinds of issues that could end up there? I think the major issues you would find uh, would be probably in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. Uh, and what mm-hmm. could end up in the Supreme Court, again, is the fact that, look, in Pennsylvania, the state Supreme Court changed the rules governing absentee ballots. In North Carolina, it was the state board of elections that basically overrode state law and changed the rules for absentee ballots, extending the deadline, for example, for more than a week after the election. And what the, what the uh, Trump administration would argue is that, uh, look, under the Constitution, State legislatures specifically are given the power to um, figure out the rules for federal elections in their states, not state governments in general, but the state legislatures. And so their argument would be that while the state legislatures in both of those states, uh, they could have changed the rules for absentee ballots, the study of deadline, et cetera, but other officials in the state government, like the Board of Elections, like uh, state judges, they didn't have the authority to do that, and therefore, any and all absentee ballots received after Election Day in violation of the state law that was on the books should not be counted. Right. Uh, what's your bet right now on whether these, whether we're going to see a U.S. Supreme Court involvement? If you had to put, I know it's a weird thing and it's a not and not scientific, but it, is your sense that this is headed that way? Well, look, it depends on whether the number of ballots, for example, received in Pennsylvania after the statutory deadline uh, would make a difference in the outcome. In, in other words, right. um, let's 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 say that the differential is, is 100,000 votes. Let's say Donald Trump loses by 100,000 votes. But the number of absentee ballots that came in after Election Day were only 40,000. Well, even if right. even if he won the Supreme Court and got those forty thousand thrown out, he still loses by sixty thousand, and so they may decide it's just not worth pursuing it. 
Right. Is um and uh, that's what that's that's right. Um, now, how about recounts? Have you been involved in recounts? They're going to have a recount in Wisconsin of the whole state. They say it could take six weeks. Um, you know, what is that? How does that impact the electoral college? Where you know is this is this sort of one of those nightmare scenarios? Yeah, you you can't certify the results of an election until a recount has been completed, but. Again, that's that's a long shot, and the reason is this. If, if you look at recounts uh, throughout history, including recent years, um, recounts tend to, at the most, they may change a couple of hundred votes. And if, right. the, differential, if the differential is 10,000 votes, 20,000 votes, there's just, it's almost impossible that a recount is going to change that many votes. Yeah, uh, but it, but but you'd have to you you would have to allow it to go forward, right? I mean, yeah, I could could, could, right. you, you, could the, the de- if, if if President Trump says I want to recount, I lost by less than one percent in Wisconsin, and they say uh, okay, go forward. Democrats sue and say no, don't it'll imperil our chance to be in electoral college. They're going to let them do a recount, even if they I, I, right. I mean, they're not going to say yeah, the, the likelihood. I mean, if it was one hundred and fifty thousand votes, and it was you know some for some reason you were allowed to request it, if it was more than one percent if you paid for it or something you could say no no the constitution requires that we move ahead with the electoral college but i mean that puts you in a situation where in theory wisconsin's racing to count by the december 8th or december 14th date to get their people seated for the electoral college no that that's right and uh if uh in most in a lot of the states wisconsin is one there's an automatic recount. I think if it's uh, if the margin is is one percent or, or less, and so they 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 have to do it in Wisconsin, uh, even if they don't want to do it, and they'll have to do it mm-hmm. in a hurry so that yeah they can certify the results of the election in time for the electoral college meeting to vote in the state capitol at the beginning of December. Well, Hans von Spakowski, I think Heritage Foundation should just set up a live feed in front of your home, like, and you go from your bed to your to your desk or the table, and just let people ask questions. Say, you know, ask Hans anything, and you could just you could grow a beard, and it could be like a real cult following. Hans von Spakowski at Heritage Foundation, very valuable on elections, the Constitution. Thanks very much, Hans. Sure, thanks for having me. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. If your son or daughter is taking college courses at home, you might feel more safe than if they were hundreds of miles away on some distant college campus. However, do not be fooled into thinking that liberal indoctrination cannot happen from your own home computer. If you're spending your money to pay the hefty price of tuition, you ought to know what your children are being taught. Here are a few examples of how liberal professors are using your tuition dollars and your tax dollars to make your kids hate America. An associate professor named Elizabeth Kolsky at Villanova University in Pennsylvania marked Independence Day by writing about how the American Revolution contributed to the worldwide spread of white supremacy. What nonsense. A professor named Rudy Busto at the University of California, Santa Barbara, used a class on Asian American religion to preach what he calls the error of American exceptionalism. As evidence that America is not exceptional, he pointed to the Vietnam War, the 9-11 terrorist attacks, and the number of COVID-19 cases in America. 
A student named Jeremy Rowley at the University of Wyoming published an editorial in the college newspaper saying that Americans need to get over it when it comes to the 9-11 terrorist attacks. He blamed suburban families for showing too much patriotism when they should be working to fix alleged wrongs, among which he listed the long-discredited gender pay gap. A professor named Stephen Mosier at Ithaca College in New York took a step even further than Colin Kaepernick by saying that the Star-Spangled Banner should be banned from sports events because it instills what he calls hyper-patriotism. Mosier also called the beloved Irving Berlin number, God Bless America, a warmongering song. When nonsense like this is being taught to college students, it should be no wonder that Gallup polls show American young people are less patriotic than they have ever been. As little as 33% consider themselves proud to be Americans. Conservatives need to work harder to counter this phony narrative. There's nothing academic about the liberal screeds of these anti-American professors. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Now, yesterday I told you we were going to have a gathering. I had one over at the Republican National Committee, uh, and it was at uh, 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. A huge crowd, a bunch of press. It went great. Such a good time. We're going to do it again on uh, Friday. Uh, on November 6th, 12 noon at the Republican National Committee, which is over uh, in southeast D.C., right across from the uh, Capital South Metro. Capital South Metro. The address is uh, 321st Street, southeast Washington, D.C. If you're in the metro area, you want to come over, we're going to gather 12 noon Friday, uh, Friday, November 6th. Be there for this rally to tell tell these Republicans to do your job and uh, and stop the steal. We'll be there. And look, the point here is you heard it from David. Horowitz. You heard it from Hans von Spakowski. I just saw that uh, Eric Trump tweeted about this. The biggest thing we can do, we can do. There's lots of things people can do, but the biggest thing I can tell you that works and is effective is to strengthen the backs strengthen the spines of the Republicans in office. You're seeing it today. I just noticed that uh, Kevin McCarthy, the leader in the House, the Republican leader, he tweeted something. Tom Cotton tweeted something. They're starting to feel what Eric Trump said. Eric Trump said, if you don't um, step up, how was the phrase? Eric Trump said this, where is the GOP? Our voters will never forget That's exactly right. That's what I said earlier today. Uh, That's what we're going to say on Friday, November 6th at 12 noon over at the Republican National Committee. Stand up now. Save the nation. Stop the steal. Join the fight. So, uh, by the way, StopTheSteal.us is a website you can go check out. There's events all across the country. There's events uh, tonight, and there was an no, excuse me, there was an event, I forget which night, go look and see. There's an event in Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Phoenix, Georgia, um, some of the small, Harrisburg's having a big event, Uh, Scott Pressler had one. So, go and find where you can make a difference, and here's something you can do. 
Here's something very important you can do. You can call the switchboard. You can call the switchboard for the Repub- for the U.S. Congress. The U.S. Congress, every you know every branch of the U.S. Congress. You can call the Capitol switchboard, and you can ask them to. When you call up, they'll, they'll be, just be the U.S. Capitol switchboard, and you can say, "I want to try to reach the my member. I'm from uh, Missouri, or I'm from California," and you can ask them to connect you to that. And you can and they'll connect you. And the number you can call is 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. Call that number. Say, hey, I'm, I'm from California. I'd like to talk to my senator. They'll usually do it for you if, the, if you know the name. Obviously, you know those names. I wouldn't bother with Democrats, by the way. I just would call Republicans. Uh, Democrats are too far gone. They bought into that system. So, But call your congressman. Call your senator. Call your governor. Get people. Get on social media. Send an email. Get people talking. Hey, GOP, don't hide under your desk. Don't hide under your victory if you won your race. Lots of Republicans won their race. Right now, we need the fight, the help in the fight to save the country and save the president in this re-election. And here's the good news. I'll finish with this. He's going to win. He's going to win. He's a fighter. And he's got the truth on his side. And the, the truth and fighters, they succeed 99 times out of 100. So join the fight. Help succeed. Stop the steal. Thank you for listening. Thanks always to Anoa, our great technical director, Joanna, for helping book guests. And you all for listening. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back tomorrow.